Welcome in to this week's episode of the It's You Tell's World podcast. Tom Hackett alongside Steve Bartle. Check us out online, would you? On uh, on Twitter, to be exact. Steve's at, S- at sbartle247. You can find myself at Tom Can't Hack It. This podcast brought to you by Nate Wade Subaru, 1207 South Main Street. I harped on about it a bit last week. Essentially, if you drive a, a, a Subaru at the minute, they uh, Nate Wade Subaru is very interested in potentially grabbing that Subaru from you. They've got great deals going on right now. They will buy your used Subaru and put you in a brand spanking new 2021 edition for the same cost uh, that you're currently paying, sometimes even less, believe it or not. So anyway, 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah. That's Nate Wade's Subaru for all you Subaru lovers out there as well. Should also mention utezone.com is where Steve works. You can find his work there. I'm at kslsports.com. Check, uh, check out the work of myself and, and, and my colleagues, as well as Steve's colleagues at both websites. Steve, we have a fun. This will be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm adamant because I, <laughs> I've, um, I've done it again, I guess. I don't know what's gotten into me lately. Maybe the pandemic <laughs> is wearing on me. I, I just because like, I, I know I have a pretty good feeling when I tweet that. I'm hyped, Tom. I'm hyped. I know the react. I have a pretty good understanding of what the reaction is going to be, and and any time, any time, it doesn't matter where you live, what sport you follow, or what opinion you share. I mean, any time you start to to criticize a fan base, you will receive backlash, and I did just that. So um, essentially, tisk tisk. Essentially, this is all that this is this is this is it. This is all that happened. And then, Steve, I, I want to hand the mic over to you because I want to hear your thoughts. But this morning, Carl Whittingham on his on his daily press conference. By the way, today is Tuesday, April sixth. He um, he spoke about Charlie Brewer, and he wasn't asked specifically about Charlie Brewer. He was, he was asked about the quarterback room, and and he brought Charlie Brewer's name up. Um, and since since early this morning, uh, the the Utah football Twitterverse has been going crazy about Charlie Brewer and what may come during the fall of this year. And all I did was I said, and I stand by my statement. By the way, I'm not backing down. I still think I'm. I have every right to feel this way. But I said, you know, uh, here we go again. Uh, you, the, the Utah football fan base is is hyping up another quarterback, only to likely squander the expectations come the fall. Um, and I also added, I'll, I'll have you know, Steve, I added that I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I hope nothing but success for anybody that that's in this world that's a good person. And from all reports, Charlie Brewer means well. Uh, and so I sure hope I'm wrong in the sense that he goes out this fall and and lights up. Uh, opposing Pac-12 defenses. Um, but before I go deeper into my thoughts, I, I would love for you to share yours and, and kind of to kickstart this conversation. Well, what, what do you make of all of this, Steve? Charlie Brewer, he... Um, Witt doesn't give praise often, does he? And I think that's one of the reasons the fan base seems so passionate to defend both Witt and Brewer. Well, I guess for me, it, it's interesting that you know, this is the topic that will be discussed because I actually I got in. I didn't I don't want to say I got into it, but I noticed a tweet on Twitter this morning uh, that was actually quite contrary to, you know, uh, fan hype and, and fans creating hype. Uh, you know, it was 
it was a fan and shout out to, to Woods Riley um, on Twitter uh, who said, uh, I should just quote the tweet, but essentially he was saying, no, he's not going to buy into it. He's not going to fall into the hype machine. He's not going to, to fall into the trap um, of the hype seen, machine. I hadn't seen that tweet. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, just me being me, uh, I was, you know, the, the tweet, he quote tweeted Josh Furlong, uh, your, you know, colleague there at KSL. Uh, Steve, can um, I, can I inform you that, that, that Josh Furlong works for KSL.com? Oh yeah. I, I knew that KSL.com, KSL sports, two very different things. I apologize, Tom. I only have sorry, to say that sorry. in case my boss Nate listens and then, uh, yes, I know. Sorry, Nate. I'm sorry, Nate, as well. <laughs> but uh, the tweet was was essentially, uh, you know, from Josh. The tweet was essentially just um, summarizing the comments from Whittingham and Keithy about uh, uh, Charlie Brewer's play this far in spring ball. And I think the the most um, the biggest comment was Whittingham saying he's everything he, he hoped that, that he would be, Um, you know, there were comments about his accuracy and his ability to, to make throws. And so, you know, I just, I asked, I asked my, my friend on Twitter uh, again, Riley, uh, you know, he's commenting about not falling in, falling into the trap. And I just asked him, I'm, I'm like, curious man what trap is being set here like what are we talking about here and he's just he was making the comment that he was not going to fall into the hype he wasn't going to allow himself to to get caught up in in the quarterback hype and to me you know i think hype is so interesting right because um really it comes down to our interpretation of things and i i think that's kind of the thing here that I, that me and him we continue to chat and you know others got involved and my whole thing was you know, look at look at what's being said. What hype is being generated by comments here? You know, all that's really being said is that you know Brewer is accurate. He's able to find throwing windows, and he's a leader. Like, there's nothing about him. You know, lighting it up this fall. There's nothing about him leading Utah to ten win season, uh, New York Six bowl game. There's no hype being created here. It's just. Uh, it's just comments about him throwing accurate passes and finding ways to get throws off. And so to me that it's just, it's fun that this is the topic because this is really uh, a unique topic of conversation every, every off season, right? Especially here in this, in this community where you've got Utah, you've got BYU fans who operate very differently in terms of their mindset and their view of, their football programs, right? Yes and no. And yes and no. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. So, you know, this this is fun. To, this is a fun topic to dive into. And, and to me, Tom, um, again, uh, to me, it's just, it, it just comes down to your, your, to our own interpretation of things. Because when I read the comments, when I read the tweets and hear Whittingham say these things, you know, it's, I don't think there's an intent to create hype. It's just calling it what it is. Yeah. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. I'm wearing a Utah hoodie. Okay. So for yes, everybody, he is. For, I will verify. For everybody yep. out there claiming I'm a BYU fan, I still have um I still have my Utah memorabilia. What? I have not burnt it yet. 
What uh, what season was that Utah hoodie from? Was that the the twenty fourteen? Oh, dude, this goes back. Yeah, this is early, okay. and I okay. love the hoodie because it's got uh, Under Armour put like something on the outside of the hoodie where. So if I were to work out in this hoodie, or if it was raining or snowing like it is today, and I were to run outside, it wouldn't. This hoodie wouldn't get uh, like the 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 moisture from the rain or the snow yeah. would just fall off. It wouldn't actually yeah. go. Rain repellent. Yeah, yeah, rain repellent. That's, yeah. that's the word. I love it. Anyway, um, but also, look, full disclosure, I wasn't on the call, and I haven't been attending the calls um, this spring for Utah football because, one, it's spring, and, two, I've got other things like the Masters that I'm trying to fixate more of my attention towards. So, You've also um, got a baby. I've, I do have a baby. I'm also, full disclosure, I'm not the, the KSL Sports Utah reporter. I'm not. It's not my responsibility. I am. I am a, a soccer and a golf lover, and they're the two sports I follow nowadays more so than any other sport. I do like to keep track of my uh, my 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 former program in Utah. And I, I I obviously still care enough to share opinions on Twitter about it, and we have this podcast, and so I enjoyed still talking about it. In fact, there is a small chance, and Utah fans may hate this now because. Um, because people don't like me anymore, but but there's a small chance I'm I'm going to be on the on the call for the spring game. Pac-12 networks have reached out and said you might you might be getting a gig in some way, shape, or form on the spring game. Tom, I said great. Utah fans are going to love to hear that because unlike the Pac-12 networks, the Pac-12 networks still think the fan base is is right behind me and they love everything I do. But nowadays they um, that gets me hyped, Tom. That gets that me hyped. I'm hyped. So I wasn't on the call. And so I woke up this morning, went through my normal routine, Steve. You know, get out of bed, get the little one up, give him his morning bottle, feed him breakfast, have a cup of tea myself, bowl of cereal, piece of toast, whatever the day presents. And then I log on and I start, I start trying to come up with, with ideas and thoughts as to what the day is going to look like. And, and when, when I first got online, it's like all I saw. Because, of course, these press conferences, as you know, Steve, occur at like 8 a.m. every morning. So by 9 o'clock, which is around the time I'm logging in, unless I have something earlier going on, but that's you know, normally the time I see stuff. And at nine o'clock this morning, I mean, literally every single post on my feed was a Utah fan or a Utah reporter or somebody affiliated with the program talking about Charlie Brewer. And I thought this is interesting. This really is interesting because I've been in the state of Utah now for nine years uh, I, I was fortunate, obviously, to spend four of those years like inside the program, seeing it firsthand, experiencing everything that comes with with that. And and every year it seems like the quarterback is is reasonably hyped going into a, a season. Every year it seems like this is the year. Even last year, even last year. I mean, Stephen, you and I were talking about uh, about rising and how we hope he's the guy and we think he'll be the guy everybody else was talking about bentley and how great he was and all the and bentley goes out and can't hit a bloody 10 yard slant to save himself <laughs> he couldn't throw a 10 yard he couldn't throw a, a right. fade route from the 10 right. yard line he he overthrew keithy by 10 yards and 6 months earlier Everybody and their bloody dog was talking about how great Bentley's going to be for this Utah program and how Utah's going to contend for the Pac-12. I mean, like, come on, give me a, give me a break for a minute. The hype every yeah. single year is just 
it's starting to become unbearable. And here, here's my train of thought, and I could, I could be off. I could, compl- I could be completely off. I think, I think, well, I know that Carl Whittingham is an intelligent human. Uh, he wins more games than he doesn't. He has been in the position that he's currently in, head coach of the Utah football program, for so many years because he does most things well. But you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that Kyle Whittingham doesn't feel added pressure as the seasons go on to produce a winning score. The offense hasn't produced to the same extent as the defense, and it's held them back. And the biggest and most important position on any offense is the quarterback. And it's been the one position that, and I guess you could, you could also throw in receivers. There have been a few years where the receivers haven't looked great, but for the most part, the quarterback has let down this Utah football team. And I don't think I'm that wrong in saying that my, one of my best friends is Travis Wilson. One of my best friends is Travis. He didn't have that great of a career. He had good moments and he had patches of good form, but it was so hot and cold. Look, he had four offensive coordinators. I, I like, like I understand that that his career was hampered by off-field events. He had a scare where he didn't know if he was ever going to play football again. He had uh, like a blood clot, or I can't remember what what exactly it was, but he had that brain scare where he didn't know if he was going to come back. Then he had. Dave Christensen, who brought in Kendall Thompson and during practice, Kendall Thompson got all of the uh, all of the explosive play calls, and Travis was handing the ball. Look, he 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 went through a hard time at Utah football, but he didn't light up the Pac-12. Troy Williams never lit up the Pac-12. John Wynn never lit up the Pac-12. John Hayes didn't do it. Tyler Huntley did it on one occasion. 20, what was it, 2019 was the year? 2019. 2019 was the year he did it. He looked like he was going to do it in 2018, Steve, and then he got injured. So he didn't do it. So 2019, and this is just my opinion, you can you can differ with it. 2019 was the only year since Brian Johnson, which is now 08. That was 08. We're in 21. So that's like 13 years ago. He's the... Tyler Huntley in 2019 is the only quarterback in that 13-year stretch that's really done something for Utah football at the quarterback position. You can disagree, Steve, and I know some of our listeners, I'm sure they'll disagree, say 2015 was a great year, but it wasn't great at the quarterback position. Am I, is, that, is, that a, is that a take that like warrants the response I received on Twitter? No, I, like, I agree with you. Like, yeah, 2015, it was not great. Uh, from the quarterback position. But I think, look, like you mentioned the quarter, the, the offensive coordinator changes and all that. Like, yeah, that all plays into it. And I think Utah, I think Whittingham has finally found the right marriage with Andy Ludwig in terms of what he wants in an offense. And I think also is an understanding of the need to, you know, utilize the passing game more effectively. And I think with what we've seen, and and we've talked about this all before, too, with the quarterback position, they're recruiting. Uh, you bring in multiple transfers like this. You bring in a highly talented recruit like Peter Costelli. You know, Utah understands that they've got to get better at the position. Like, you can't just rely on one guy 
you can't give him all the reps and, and hope that he remains healthy. You can't, you can't, you know, rock with that mindset anymore. I think Utah's shown that, you know, they, they realize they've got to be better at the position because it's going to impact everybody else on that offensive side of the ball. Yes, you can run the ball effectively, but if you're not equally as effective throwing the ball, teams are going to be able to to defend you. They're going to be able to get stops. You're not going to be able to get the, the fourth and, and short yardage situations because they're not scared. You're going to pop it over the top of them, you know, on a, on a vertical route. Like, so you, so Utah's got to find quarterbacks that they trust quarterbacks that they feel comfortable with. They've got to find receivers that, you know, they also have great confidence in. It's obvious that Britton Covey is one of those guys. Uh, it's obvious that Jalen Dixon was another one of those guys who was now back. You know, we'll see what what they can do with those two. Solomon Enos uh, finally got his opportunity as a starter this past season. He didn't put up great numbers, but we also know that Jake Bentley was a, a big reason for that. And so all these things, I think, point towards, you know, Utah understanding that, yeah, they need to get better in the passing game. They need to get better in that in that regard. It's just, and I think fans understand that too. Like, that's the thing is like my conversation this morning with a couple people is like, yeah, like I want to see it in fall. I, I love, I'm happy that we're hearing this, but you know what we hear right now doesn't really mean much to me right now. Like I want to see it come, come 2021 season. I want to see it when we kick off against Weaver state. I want to see it, you know, when we play USC and Washington state. So I think, I think everybody's of the same mindset that you know it's it's nice to hear these things about charlie brewer but after you know especially for most fans after going through the jake bentley experience last last season there's a lot of you know uh just cautious optimism and i i don't even want to call it that but there's just a lot of you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people out there just kind of protecting themselves from, you know, really getting too bought into what is being said about Charlie Brewer right now. And, you know, that's for, for Charlie Brewer, that's, that's a tough spot to be put in, you know, that's part <laughs> of why I went out and said what I did, by the way, yes, nobody's doing him any favors by, right. by, by tweeting and putting expectation on him. He doesn't deserve any of that. I mean, I'm sure deep down he appreciates it, but he goes to bed every night now knowing that if he doesn't perform in the fall, to be fair, he might not even be the quarterback, Steve. Right, right. That too. Good Lord. You I mean, know, yeah. And I, and I think to me that was, that was the whole point of, uh, you know, of me and, and again, referencing uh, Woods Riley. Um, about his tweet was, you know, what is really being said here, you know, by Whittingham and, be, and by the players? He's accurate. He finds passing windows and he's a leader. Like, I think it's so important that we pay close attention to what is actually being said, right? And I think, I hope anyways, I hope that's something that, you know, Whittingham and and, and everybody learned last year because the the picture that they painted with Jake Bentley and the competition, the quarterback competition last year, both those guys were on equal footing. And when, when, you know, when it, when it became go time, when it, you know, for Jake Bentley, it was clear that he was not even close. Like it was unreal. And obviously we didn't get a great look at Cameron rising, but if that was, you know, if, if Bentley performed the same way in fall camp, the way he did 
you know, during the season, then yuck. Yeah. Like, none of that matches with what Whittingham was, was, was telling us uh, during fall camp. So I hope that, you know, I hope he, he learned from that. And I hope that this is all genuine and stuff. But I, again, I think, I think most people are just cautiously optimistic about it all. And, and I think it's worth noting, and I'm obviously very, very well aware that, um, that that fans of Utah football they have every right to be excited. I, Hell yeah! I, like, like I get it, and and um, and if if good things are coming out from the head coach's mouth as it relates directly to a potential starting quarterback, then 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 you guys are more than welcome. To, to share your thoughts and opinions and excitement. And, and I guess I'm not here to like put, I'm not here to say you shouldn't do that, but I'm here. I, I am here to say, just be careful with how much excitement and expectation you place on this young man, because recent history, in my opinion, anyway, would suggest that the Utah quarterback room is not provided to the, uh, to the same level that that was needed um, and it's one of the very few reasons, actually, um, as to why Utah's yet to win a Pac-12 title. Um, because I think they've had a few teams that were more than capable of winning Pac-12 championships, but but they haven't. And that's the bottom line. And and the other thing I'll say is, um, and because I saw, when I do this, when I open up a can of worms, I, my notifications just fill, fill, fill. And I just, I'm just like oh, staring yeah. at him going and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to. So I click on the notifications and then I click on back to the home screen and I just tried my very best to ignore it. But every now and again, I'll click on it. I'll then stare at the television. I'll then look back at my computer and I'll read a handful of them. And a few of what I read was, you know, I'm going to take Coach Whittingham's opinion over your opinion. And rightfully so. He is in and amongst the, the competition every single day. He has a massive, massive say in what happens. Um, but I'll also say, and this is kind of what I was getting at a few minutes ago, Carl Whittingham knows that there's pressure on his shoulders to produce a better uh, quarterback than he has um, at times over the course of his Pac-12 coaching career. Uh, and so I, I, I personally, I don't know this, and I'm not overly um, adamant that this is necessarily the case, but a part of me is thinking, well, Coach Whittingham feels pressure, so maybe he's maybe he's maybe he's doing everything he can to try and portray the quarterback in good light now, in case something goes pear shaped in the fall. I don't know. I could be completely crazy for thinking that way, but I know he feels pressure, Steve. He has to feel some pressure. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm with you there. Like the product has to improve, especially after last season. The product has to improve. I'm, I'm completely agree with you there, but man, <laughs> we're getting into some conspiracy stuff here, man. What are you saying, Tom? You think he's know. creating a narrative just just to protect himself? I don't is that what you're, know. Is that what we're doing now? I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm protecting myself. I, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I've, I, I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I just I, – I, I really don't. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I think 
I think, and I hope more importantly, that Whittingham and Brewer and Rising and everybody and Ludwig, I hope they figure it out. I really hope they figure it out because, because I think before Coach Whittingham retires, he needs to he needs to win a Pac twelve Pac twelve champion. For sure. I, I, For sure. I, and so if Charlie Brewer's the guy, then oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I just hate the fact that we're talking about Charlie Brewer, who's only been on campus for a few for, for a few months now in spring. I, I really can't stand that. Um, and I know Whittingham didn't intend on trying to create the expectation that he that he did this morning because that yeah because Whittingham knows you know, good with good with high expectations, very few good things can happen. Um, generally speaking, you just get let down as a fan, and so. Whittingham would love to go into the season with low expectations every single year and therefore excel the expectations from the fans and the media. And that way he keeps his job for, for longer. Not that his job's in jeopardy by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, he essentially like some coach Whittingham's maybe biggest battle on the daily is, is trying to limit expectations and trying to, trying to help his players overcome expectations. That is like, that is one of the biggest challenges as a coach It is trying to settle his players down to perform at their peak and at their maximum uh, ability. Um, and with high expectations, like that, that becomes harder because there's more pressure that's felt, um, which is what makes the likes of Nick Saban and Alabama as good, as as they all are. I mean, that that is such a difficult job. My word, to to go into every year with the expectation of national championship or bust, and then to do it more often than not. I mean, my goodness, I it's it's just outrageous uh, what Saban is able to do uh, with with Alabama. But I digress. That's kind of the the spiel. Um, I hope again, and this is why at the end of the tweet I, I wrote, uh, P.S. I hope I'm wrong, which is kind of my way of saying like, hey, just chill out on the notification dog, which didn't work at all. People were just like <laughs> throwing daggers and I was just like, whoo, whoo, you know, like playing dodgeball out there. Uh, but again, I do want the Utah quarterback position to thrive. I personally think that with lower expectations, there's more of a likelihood for that to occur. Fans, and here's where I guess I also, Steve, I need to mention like I am a – I, I am a fan of sports. I'm a fan of teams, teams that I don't cover. So, for example, like I'm a fan of um, my Australian Rules football club, the Sydney Swans, and I follow them religiously. Sydney Swans? Yeah, and I get into them. Conan actually went down and did a thing with, with them, and, and it was a ton of fun. And, and I get into that, and I act like a fan, and I scream at the television, and I get upset when they lose, and I'm thrilled when they win. But I will admit, like, I, I try not to expect – a win every single week. I, I try and limit expectations so that I can watch the game and enjoy the game. And if we win, it's an added advantage. If we lose, it's not the end of the world. But there are people out there that that, that, that don't do that. Right. There are fans out there, legit, and this is why we love sport, because there are actual people, human beings with brains and beating hearts that go into every day, every week, every game expecting nothing but the best product on like, and that to me is amazing. That's so stupid at the same time. 
You it's tough, man. You can't live like that, man. You can't yeah. do You'll die at 50 of a heart attack. It's just you can't do it. You have to be realistic. And I think in the position that Utah football's at at the minute, at the quarterback position, you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic because this is why. Charlie Brewer's having a great spring. He'll go through spring and all the talk through summer will be Charlie Brewer. Then full, full camp will come and Cam Rising enters the equation and then we, there'll be another quarterback battle. We won't really know or we won't share anyway, even if we do know who the quarterback's going to be until the first game. Fall is going to come around eventually. We will, we, the, the, the sun will rise and Utah will be playing Weber State in the opener. They're both in non-conference and then the Pac-12 schedule opens up and they're actually faced with two very difficult games back-to-back at USC and at home to Arizona State. They're the two big games that I'm going to be focused on most. During those games, this is what is likely going to happen. Utah football, by that time, will have a running back that has excelled more so than the group and will receive more carries than the others. Maybe that's Micah Bernard. Maybe it's Pledger. Maybe it's Curry. Only time will tell. They will likely hand that football off 30 times on average against USC and Arizona State. That is what is likely going to happen. Therefore, the quarterback, whoever it may be, Steve, will not be able to gather momentum and confidence because he will be limited in how often he passes. And therefore, his pass attempts will likely not be as effective as they could be. That is what will likely happen, and that is why I say limit the expectation, because Witt loves to hand the football off. He doesn't throw it enough, okay? And that's why quarterbacks struggle at Utah. I said it. There you go. That is, that is essentially what's happened since my existence started in Utah in 2012. That is essentially <laughs> the story of every single <laughs> season to date. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's hard to argue. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yeah, it kind of played out last year. It kind of played out the year before. <sighs> kind of played out in 2016. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess there's something to it, Tom. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I love it. I like it myself, man. Um, <laughs> hey, do we have any recruiting news? <laughs> I don't know why you want to follow that up with recruiting news, but <laughs> oh my goodness, um, man, what's going on in the recruiting world with uh, with Utah football? Let's let's dive into that. Um, honestly, there's they're just kind of <laughs> taking their time with this. Again, it's it's important to keep in mind with Utah football recruiting is you know there's there's a scholarship crunch. And spots are going to be very limited. They've already got two commitments. Uh, they've been very selective with offers that have gone out during this the last couple of weeks. Um, since Chad Bumpfist has has been uh, been in place, uh, there have been new offers to receivers, which is exciting uh, to see. That I think he's getting the opportunity, the leash to offer his you know guys that he's evaluated and that kind of thing. And I think that's. That's going to be exciting to follow. Um, and so a lot of it right now is just kind of laying the, the the groundwork with a lot of these guys at the receiver position. I think that's kind of where everybody's interest is with, with Utah football right now is wide receiver recruiting, both 
for the future and for the immediate future because Whittingham has talked about the need to address the position through the transfer portal. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what happens with, with the receiver position over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, there's going to be, I think there'll be a, at least one addition to the receiver room, probably two. That's um, good. Well, so, you know, will there, I think there's a big need for depth, improved depth at the outside. They're pretty well set with, with slot guys, with Covey and Dixon, yep. you know, man in the slot. But I do think that they want to add uh, a big play threat, you know, on the outside, kind of a big guy, big, big athlete type of a guy. Well, um, they need, I don't know that to, for sure, but. They need to replace the production of Thompson. I think that's fair. You can't. Well, that's tough. You can't yeah. rely on Solomon Enos, although he could be that guy. He just hasn't proven it yet, has he? No, no, he hasn't. And, and you know, you, you, you have to be encouraged about what you've heard about Devon Bailey. But, again, you know, fans, fans were quick to, <laughs> to, to shoot that one down, too, saying, like, well, haven't we heard this for the past two seasons? Like, I mean, yeah, we have heard about Devon Bailey for the past two seasons. Uh, but I think, again, it's encouraging that he's, he's stepping up with the opportunities provided. And so I, I do think that there is something to Devon Bailey's play right now, but yeah. you know, we'll see. So, uh, but again, wide receiver position is going to be addressed is going to be addressed um, a bit further through the transfer portal. And uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see what, what comes of that. Yeah. Uh, he's Steve Bartle. Check him out on Twitter at S Bartle two, four, seven. Also follow his beautiful work on utone.com free seven day trial for all you Utah football junkies, if you're not getting involved in that, you're a fool. I'm at Tom Cantac at carouselsports.com. Is my employee in the Nate Wheat Subaru is our sponsor of the podcast, 1207 South Main Street. Like I said at the top of the show, if you drive a Subaru, check them out because they want to buy it. They'll buy it, get, put you in a new 2021 vehicle. Uh, their new line of 2021 vehicles is in stock and ready for you to feast your eyes on. Um, and a lot of their, their customers... They um they get put into these 2021 Subarus and they're paying just as much as they were for a used for their used car, sometimes even less, believe it or not. So pretty incredible stuff that Nate Wade Subaru's got going on at the minute. So don't be silly. If you're driving a Subaru, at least give them a call. It's worth your time and potentially could save you a few dollars. Uh Steve, yeah, uh, much love to you, my man. Go enjoy your hey. your Popeyes on this snowy. Much Tuesday. hype, brother. Yeah, yeah and, much hype, uh, brother. Much hype. Brother, um, I don't know how to end the podcast. Other than just love everybody, I guess. Uh, just uh, try and see the good in the world. And um, if you need to hurl abuse, hurl it, but apologize. Apologize immediately following. That's the best I can advise. Uh, all right, Steve, enough's enough. You be well. Say good day to your missus. Best of luck watching the Masters this week. Hopefully Tony finishes in the top ten. Or Shout out to Tony. Shout out to Tony green jacket. It's going to be fun, but I'll speak to you next week, dude.